The views and opinions of this podcast do not reflect the views and opinions of the United States government, the Department of the Interior, the Department of Defense, the Department of Agriculture, the United States Forest Service, the Bureau of Land Management, National Park Service, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, or any private, municipal, county, or state firefighting organization, any law enforcement agency, any medical provider, or any contractor employed by any federal agency. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast. Today on the show, I've got Ben Gregory. He is a recent recipient of the grant, one of the grants from uh, the Smoky Generation, Mystery Ranch, and Water Axe Pumps. He is uh, selected for his work in 35mm digitized format photography. And uh, yeah, we cover a lot of subjects, man. Uh, we go over a little bit of history about, him, about himself, uh, how he got into fire, what inspires his photography, the message he's trying to send with his photography. And uh, also, we do a little blurb about him being a veteran. He transitioned from the Air Force into fire. Uh, he did his four years with the Air Force, and now he's in his fourth year of firefighting. And yeah, we we'll briefly brush upon that subject, and it's pretty cool, man. Anyways, uh, Ben's a pretty cool dude. I uh, hope you enjoy the show. Uh, speaking of Mystery Ranch, uh, I've been in contact with them, and they've got some pretty cool shit coming down the pipeline. They've got something coming out here soon. Uh, I've been working with them a little bit, and it's called the uh, Backbone Series. And uh, basically, it's kind of uh, the story of what we do in the realm of fire. It's going to be a three-part series. And uh, yeah, really excited to uh, see what they've got planned. It's definitely going to be pretty cool. Anyways, hope you guys enjoy the show. Welcome to the Anchor Point. What is she? She's a golden retriever. Her name's Kimber. Oh man, yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, she's rad though. She's a uh, definitely a she's a cool dog, man. She's got a hell of a personality. I uh, I dated a girl years ago that had a golden retriever, and uh, I would take that dog out just walking. It's it was like I had a celebrity on a leash. Just <laughs> everybody, you know. So you got Brad Pitt at the end of a row. Like everybody just wants to come and see the dog, and um, uh, it's a ton of fun, man. They're great animals. Oh yeah, dude. It's a funny thing too. Is like I got lucky with mine. You know how uh lab species or lab breeds they're usually either like super spastic or like chill as fuck mm. i got the latter so my dogs is just hella nice. chill i'm i'm very fortunate that she's not running around shredding everything up yeah 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 dude well cool man you ready to get this thing going yeah let's do it let's send it all right ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of the anchor point podcast today on the show i got ben gregory he is a recent recipient of one of the Smoky Generation and Mystery Ranch grants for his photo project. Ben, what's up, dude? Brandon, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, no worries, man. Welcome. So, thanks tell us a much. little. Yeah, dude, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. So I uh, am with the Forest Service right now. I'm working out of Superior, Montana, on the Lolo National Forest. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite forests in the country. And uh, I'm really fortunate to get to work there in, in Montana. Beautiful country. Uh, grew, up in Ten- grew up in Tennessee and uh, honestly 
growing up, knew nothing about wildland fire. Uh, my dad's a professional firefighter. There's a bunch of them in the family. And uh, all I really knew about it was that that shit was hard and it fucking sucked. And um, I came out here and found out that's exactly true. Uh, it's hard and it can really fucking suck sometimes. But uh, the, the payoff is totally, totally worth it. Oh, yeah, and, um, dude. Yeah, I love being in the West. Uh, I spend time in Portland, Oregon when I can and uh, Tennessee when I can. Hell yeah, man. So uh, how long have you been in fire, man? This will be my fourth season doing fire. Fourth season? Uh, yeah. So nice. I got into it uh, as I was finishing up college. I was working at a, a veteran center and there was a, a guy that we worked with uh, who was part of Team Rubicon. Uh, which there's definitely people out there that, that know about Team Rubicon. And uh, they were doing a program for vets, getting them into wildland fire. I was approaching the summer. Um, the All the jobs at the uh, liberal arts plant had uh, dried up. There wasn't a lot of work. And uh, I got into doing AD work uh, with those guys. Nice. And uh, I got hooked. I got totally hooked. So and, you're uh, a veteran. Next, yeah, go ahead. You're a veteran? Yeah, I'm a vet. I was in the Air Force uh, 08 to 2012. Oh, and, no shit. And um, I, uh, I fixed airplanes for that that amount of time. And uh, I did my four years and not a day more and uh, got out and went back to school. Nice, man. Yeah, I had no idea that you were a veteran. That's cool, man. Thank you for your service. Oh, yeah, man. Thanks for your support. Yeah, um, dude. That kind of rolls into the the following season. I got on with the Billings vet crew. Uh, I think there's, I'll probably be wrong, but I think there's about 11 or 12 vet crews that the BLM hosts. Mm-hmm. And, I want to say um, about that much, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a super rad program. Um, there's some awesome, awesome people uh, in the overhead that are putting that on, and it attracts really awesome people um, crew-wise. And uh did two years with them. Uh, love those guys. They're awesome. And, uh, now I've switched over to the forest service and, um, doing the, the ranger district thing. And, uh, it's very cool. So dude, quick question, man. What was that transition like from uh, military life to the veteran crew over there in Billings? Well, how was that? What was that like? Well, I'd had a four year gap (laughs) between the military and, uh, and fire. So, uh, it was really more of a transition from, you know, the college life, uh, into fire. Um, coming out of the service is definitely a weird time. Uh, I think it's a weird time for anybody. Um, your structure is gone. Your, you know, your schedule, uh, may be gone. Um, for me getting back into school, starting college was a great thing just to get that structure and that, uh, you know, just have a reason to go somewhere at seven 30 in the morning, Monday through Friday, you know, that's, that's an important thing. And a lot of people lose that when they come out. Um, going into fire, making that transition, it was awesome because you show up and there's, you know, there's 19 other vets with you, uh, and they all kind of know how that stuff goes. They're reliable people. Generally, they all show up to work, you know, on time. Um, everybody's kind of got that same vibe. They, they put their time in and they did it in a place where you, you can't be late. You can't, you know, uh, be a jackass really, um, and expect to thrive. And so they bring, you know, a high level of, uh, discipline with them. And it's nice jumping into that and, uh, and being able to hang with it and sort of knowing what to expect from other people. 
Nice, man. So that familiarity going back into fire is just like picking up right where you left off as far as leaving the military and then going into the vet crew, right? Yeah, it's a it's a transition that makes sense. I think I'm glad that they're uh, they're doing outreach for that. Um, yeah, it's, it's better than somebody getting out and spinning the wheels and finding something destructive instead. Oh yeah, dude, that's that's no shit. And dude, shout out to all the veteran crews out there, man. There, you guys are doing some hard ass work, and you guys are recruiting some awesome people, man. I've always, I've never had a bad experience with a vet crew out on the line. So they're rolling hard, guys. man. And some oh, of them yeah, are, uh, they're starting to get their um, their type one uh, certs done and, and making that transition. Yeah, uh, Lakeview, I believe they just got theirs. Yeah, I want to say last year. It's either last year or the year before, but yeah. they've made that transition. I. I I don't want to speak out of turn. I think Air Vipa's working that direction. I think that's kind of the the goal long term for a lot of those crews. Well, I hope so, man. Those yeah. uh, those guys definitely uh, they got potential. A lot of them do, and uh, I know that they can all make Type One status, dude. And those are some of the hardest working motherfuckers I've ever seen. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. So uh, we covered how you got into fire. Uh, went over a little bit of a history, dude. Let's talk about your photography, man. All right. Yeah, dude. So, so your photography yeah, is pretty badass, dude. Uh, I was looking at your Instagram and it's cool. And uh, it has a lot of character and it's almost like, I don't know, it's just super unique. And it's the, the, all, every photo that you take has a lot of character in it. And it's almost like it's telling a story. So what's your photography all about? Uh, I appreciate your kind words first. Um, and uh, Yeah, thanks. I... Um, I don't know what it's all about. It's, uh, it's definitely kind of taken on its, its own thing. Um, I like doing portraits. I like doing, I like taking photos of people. And, um, when I got into film photography, I had been doing, uh, I've been dabbling in digital photography for several years and, uh, not really doing anything with it. Um, I was able to take good photos, but nothing that I really loved or cared about, you know, lots of pictures of, you know, river streams and shit like that. And, um, and that's stuff. great, but it's boring to me. I got the, I picked that film camera up about four and a half years ago and kind of dabbled with it and sort of played with it. And, um, and then one thing led to another and, uh, I quit drinking and needed something else to kind of waste my time and money on and sort of went whole hog into the, the film camera. Um, probably would have been cheaper to keep drinking, it turns out. <laughs> no shit, right? Dude, maybe not for my health, but uh, definitely for my, my wallet. Dude, speaking of not um, drinking, man, uh, I'm actually in this challenge right now with my friends. We're doing uh, No Drinking June right now. so it's uh, How's it going? It's, it's day seven. Day seven, dude. I'm good. This is actually one of the easier Good. things that I've ever done. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah I'm definitely, uh, it turns out it's super easy. Uh, if you yeah. just, you know, don't fucking do it. Yeah. It's easy. And if you, if you're out at the bar with your friends, it's not like a big deal or anything like that. Just fucking went out to dinner a couple of days ago with a bunch of buddies and, uh, just didn't drink. Simple as that. Yeah. It's easy. <laughs> yeah. You can still go wherever you want. I just get the soda and lime now and, uh, nobody knows the difference. So. Dude, I got a thing for ginger beer, like uh, like the hipster ass ginger beers. That's like my jam. Yeah, dude, it's so good. Yeah, 
cock and bull is my my jam but mostly because everybody's got it there's some like real niche ginger beers from some guy in some farm in the middle of nowhere that makes that shit and like it's really good but nobody has it so it's definitely cock and bull uh it's just hard to beat yeah dude that and uh, fever tree costco dude i'm not allowed in there yeah. unsupervised but hey <laughs> <laughs> so anyways back to the photography yeah. thing <laughs> So, so yeah, so that was kind of, you know, my new hobby as I was sobering up at that time. And, um, I set out to do, I was going to take a hundred portraits of a hundred different people. Uh And, um, that was my way of sort of being able to reach out to strangers and also people that I already knew and loved and kind of have a, an intimate moment with that person. And, uh, I blew past a hundred people. I don't even know how long ago. Cause I just, I got hooked on doing portraits and, um, uh, finding people that a looked interesting to me, you know, people whose kind of face told a story, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And, um, but also, you know, who for whatever reason or another during our interaction stood out. And so, you know, there's pictures of people on, uh, like on my Instagram page, um, I remember their name, but I don't remember much about them other than that short interaction we had. And I'm so thankful that I've got that photo of them to, to kind of remember whatever kindness they they imparted towards me. Um, there's a couple of photos of people that were total assholes to me really? on the street. And oh, yeah, and uh, there's I can think of one right now. Like, that guy is kind of a piece of shit, but I'm really <laughs> glad I have that photo um, it's, it's become one of my favorite photos. It's kind of and, a um, memento of, uh, what the true world can be like. You got the good and the bad. A, yeah. It's a good reminder of you know, maybe who to emulate and, uh, who to not emulate. Um, I, I'm really, it, it makes me feel good when people appreciate my photos. Um, because you get to see that sort of, you get to see that one facet of it. I get to know the story around it. And, uh, that's a really valuable thing to me personally. It's awesome, man. And like I said, dude, every picture of yours tells a story. It's like, it captures it, whatever you whatever it is in the moment. Like there's this one picture on there with a guy in a, uh, a black hard hat with some, uh, like looks like some cheat grass in front of him. And he's just staring off in the distance. He's got like the thousand yard stare and dude, that, that his facial expression, the way you captured that, it's like telling everything. I know exactly what that dude is going through. He's like, uh, fuck my life or what's next you know it's kind of interesting that was a hard day yeah yeah you could tell day. just by the photo alone you could tell it was a hard day yeah Fucking. i uh when it comes to fireline uh photography doing it out there my favorite time is to do it at the end of a fucking just killer shift something brutal you there's something brutal yeah and there's something that comes out on someone's face. And I've also learned that people are way more susceptible to me getting up in their face with a camera when they're tired oh, and, yeah. uh, and maybe like doing what I ask them to like turn to the left a little, you know, quit looking at me and cheesing it, like just kind of relax or, or whatever, you know? Well, that's a hard thing to do, man, is actually capturing a can- a truly candid photo, man. When people are just yeah. not suspecting it, that is 100% one of the hardest things that you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. It's a trick. And, and you really, it's a bit of a gamble, uh, when you do it 
because you know for all the good photos that I've produced man there's a pile of garbage uh behind it that you know was just someone was blinking someone was cross-eyed they had the you know finger in their nose whatever and uh <laughs> and and I like those too but you know there's a uh, the candid is tough for sure oh yeah so now speaking of your photography man uh what is like what what is your inspiration for fire, your fire photography or just your photography in general? Like what inspires you? Uh, I, I want to make documents of these things. Uh, and you know, I've, I've heard the, the saying before, you know, you don't take a, you don't take a portrait, you give a portrait. That's probably my favorite thing is to take a photo of someone and maybe somebody that doesn't, consider themselves particularly photogenic or doesn't like being in front of a camera and being able to give them something, uh, that we both think is special. Maybe their grandkids will think that's really special someday. Um, you know, I, I hope that these last and these photos existing on a physical, you know, piece of film, I hope that they can last as a document, um, of the years that I'm doing fire and the years that these other young men and women are doing fire. Um, I, I guess that's my inspiration trying to capture these things, these, these intimate moments and these hard times and these good times. I like it, man. And it's, it's cool that you're doing this because, um, it's storytelling, man. That's what it is. I mean, yeah. nobody knows really like as far as the public goes, no one really truly knows what we do as wildland firefighters. And I think that it's important that, you know, we have these stories to share and your photography tells that story without words. It's pretty cool, man. It's uh, definitely unique. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. So you shoot exclusively in 35 digitized, 35 millimeter digitized format, right? Yeah, so I use the 35. Uh, that's what I do for, uh, well, I, I call that photography and everything else I do with my phone. You know, when I take pictures on my phone. Yeah. Um, I, I, I shoot photos with my camera. Um, it's, uh, you'd mentioned it's, it's tricky doing it with 35 millimeter. Uh, I think so too. Um, my mother doesn't think so though. And you know, we, like she and I are looking at old baby photos, old family photos that she took on an old 35 millimeter camera without really thinking about it. And that's, uh, you know, that's how the generation before us did everything was 35 millimeter. That's all that existed. Yeah. And, uh, I wonder, you know, how much they took it for granted or how much of a pain in the ass it was at the time. Because now I've got my iPhone. I can take a really kick-ass photo with my phone. Oh yeah, man. Like with your uh, iPhone, you, can, you can even set your like F-stop on a, on a fucking iPhone nowadays. Yeah, it's crazy. I have a ProCam app and I can dial that thing in and it's it's insane. It's better than my digital camera that I have, my my big one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a better camera than that. What are you and, shooting uh, on with your big camera? Oh, it's a 10-year-old Nikon D80. Like it's super outdated. And um, I mean, it's almost in the, um, you know, it's almost an antique kind of status camera. It's super uh uh, yeah, it's outdated as hell. And it was outdated probably nine years ago uh, oh, yeah. as these cameras got better. Dude, cameras are like computers, man. They're just built in obsolescence. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, this pro photographer, um, I met in Billings a couple years ago told me, he said, lenses are forever or forever. And, uh, cameras are disposable. And he had a $3,000 camera that he's talking about. He goes, I'm going to get rid of this in about a year and, uh, buy another one. No shit. Cause it won't be, it won't be top of the line anymore. And this guy's whole livelihood is shooting with the top of the line camera. And so he's like, a okay. Prof- so that he's a professional. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's a pro. Yeah. That's a, that's a pro telling me that. And I'm like, all right, so I'm going to keep running with my $150 1982 thing that I've jerry rigged back together a few <laughs> times. And, uh, wait, so see you, what happens. You know, you built your own camera. You're 35. No, I fixed it a oh, few okay. times. Well, still. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a solid camera. So I shoot with a it's an 81 or an 82 Minolta XG7. Um it's a it's a marriage of German engineering and Japanese production and uh it's solid. I've kicked it. It's been submerged in water. It's been smacked on the table. It's, you know, all this. It rides around in my line pack and it's fine. No shit, you stuff and that thing in your line gear. Yeah. 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 I've got a little kind of soft baggy thing. I throw it in and, and it rides just fine. Um, I've got it taped up with electrical tape to keep, you know, light out. And, um, I don't know, man, I can't kill it. If it ever falls apart, I've got like six more that my relatives have given me because they dug it out of the bottom of the closet. Uh, cause they hadn't used it in 30 years, you know? So if it ever goes, then it goes and I won't be out too much. I'll be sad. It'll be, it'll be a sad day. It's a good camera. But, <laughs> uh, it's totally replaceable, which is nice. It's like lo- losing a little piece of yourself, man. It sounds like you got a, an attachment to this camera. And d- obviously <laughs> yeah. you do, dude, cause, uh, you bring it around with you everywhere, man. You capture some, uh, some definitely some interesting photos, some interesting moments. You there? Yeah, man. Oh, I thought here. I lost you there. So, so, now your photography kind of like, uh, evolved into getting hooked up with, uh, the smoky generation. And from what I understand now, you're one of the recipients of the smoky generation and mystery ranch micro grants. So tell me about that, man. I came across that announcement. I want to say back in, uh, October, November of last year. And, uh, it sounded super awesome. And, uh, looking at the, uh, the previous year's work that they had done, uh, I think with Cal fire, uh, I don't remember if that's right or not, but, uh, I was stoked about it and I figured I would at least submit an application for it. Uh, did not expect to get picked up for it. Um, I just thought I'd kind of throw my name in the hat. And, uh, then I got an email a couple months ago saying that they wanted me to proceed with this project. And I was, totally, totally stoked about it. Uh, I'm still totally stoked about it. Uh, big thanks to, uh, Smoky Generation and Mystery Ranch and Water Axe, uh, for that. It looks like an awesome group of people that are participating. And, uh, I can't wait to see the other, uh, uh, what the other participants produce this year. Yeah, man. So I, uh, interviewed Amanda Monti here. Uh, yeah. she was my, she, yeah, she was my second interview actually, second episode. And uh, she kind of gave me the download on uh, what the Smoky Generation is all about and uh, how Mystery Ranch and Water Axe are supporting that whole program. And I think it's awesome that they're doing that because, like I said earlier, man, they're, you guys are telling the story of us. So the story of a wildland firefighter, the, I go, 
the people that are behind the scenes fighting these fires, doing the work that no one sees. So I think right. it's really cool that we get that message out there. Um, it's an exciting thing, man. There's, it's yeah. nice that they're highlighting a, a, a section, um, uh, of wildland fire. You know, there's, there's a million pictures that everybody's taken of their boots on Instagram. And you know, that doesn't, that doesn't really give a, a picture of what's going on out there. And this is a nice way to support people, uh, who want to tell that story and, uh, and highlight it and, and get that out there for people to see. Um, I'm very stoked about it. Nice, man. Yeah, it's, it's cool. And it's definitely probably got to be pretty cool for you being a part of this project with Smoke Generation. So uh, what was, for just for everybody else listening right now, what was your project specifically on? So my project is specifically on portrait photography. So what I'm going to be doing over this summer is uh, producing somewhere between 15 and 20 portraits of firefighters that I work with uh, on the fire line. And along with those portraits, uh, there will be some writing, um, either for myself, I'm going to try to get the subject of the photo to participate, but that may not happen every time, yeah. uh, to do some writing as well. Um, well, you know, and, how f- and just, you know how firefighters there. are, man. As soon as a camera comes up, uh, <laughs> they make themselves yeah, scarce. <laughs> Yeah, like sometimes it's hard to let them get them to let me take their photos. I don't know what it would take to get them to write two paragraphs, you know. So uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, there'll be some writing that accompanies it, just talking about the either the day or the events or what was going on around that photo, um, just to provide a little more context and insight into uh, what's going on just in the photo itself. Nice, man. So, so and that'll all be hosted on a website. Uh, probably in the next, uh, month, month and a half, uh, things should start rolling out. Okay, cool. That was actually going to be my next question. Uh, I mean, are you going to be able to post that on your Instagram or, uh, any website? Yeah. There'll be links. So I'll be posting, uh, things, uh, a little more liberally on Instagram. Uh, there'll be more photos on Instagram on the website. Uh, it's going to be a little more kind of conservative as far as what goes on there. It's going to be a single photo with, uh, with writing a company in it. Uh, Instagram is going to be a little more wild west. Like if there's something that I shoot that I like, I'm going to throw it up on Instagram. Hell yeah. Um, the same thing with the stories. Like I use the stories just to, you know, just to kind of fuck around and have fun. Uh, I think that's what a lot of people are doing with Instagram stories these days. And, um, but keeping the main page is all going to be 35 stuff. And then the website will be dedicated to the project. That's going to be awesome, man. You got big things coming. So, Speaking of big things coming, I mean, how, like, what is the primary story that you want to tell this, this whole series? Like, is just, just want to do straight up portrait photography or is there like an overarching theme of like what you're going to be trying to capture? Uh, it's going to unfold as the season unfolds. I, you know, to be honest with you, it's, um, the story, you know, I think you mentioned this on your last show that you don't know what the season's like until it's over. This is true. Uh, it's going to it's going to be the same, but I don't know what the story is going to be until it, until it happens. Um, you know, so far this summer, the story is already unfolding and uh, it's going to continue to do so. Um, so I'm going to take it as it comes and take my opportunities to, to make these photos happen and make the story happen. Hell yeah, man. Dude, speaking of the season, I mean, Canada, we just sent off God knows how many crews up there. I think it was, I want to say a total of nine shot crews that we sent up there. And now 
we got a bunch of people mobilizing to uh, uh, the desert southwest. So region three, it's heating up, man. It's it's, uh, it's starting. It's getting exciting. Yeah, it's getting exciting. It's it's so wet where I'm at. It's hard to hard to tell. But uh, looking at the NC web, it's uh, it's definitely picking up, and I expect that people are going to be traveling a lot in the coming weeks. Oh yeah, actually, I was supposed to uh, interview a buddy of mine uh, down in Region Three, and uh, well, got to kiss that one goodbye because he's going to a fire. I think he's going to uh, what did he say? Uh, I think he's going to the Gila. So okay, guess gotta wait. <laughs> Yeah, we there's a few in Canada from my parts, and um, you know this is I think the first time in a couple of years I haven't been in Arizona this time. Um, normally, I'm already in the Southwest, and, yeah. Uh, so things are already a little different. Shit, we already. I mean, shit. Last year, uh, we'd already been on our second roll by the time yeah. this time last year. So it's a slow start, but uh, around here, at least in Region Four there's uh definitely a lot of grass build up and it's shit starting to heat up man it's it might be uh, a pretty hairy season so we'll see though i never i never want to make a prediction you know i'm i'm usually wrong and uh i've learned that everybody else is usually wrong too so i just you know take it as it comes oh and, yeah uh, see what happens but it's it's coming it's well, definitely coming thing. that's the thing man it's like no one has a crystal ball and you know weather is pretty much you have a better chance of guessing the lottery numbers for <laughs> predicting the weather so We'll see how it goes, yeah. man. That's the 2017 sure. season, everybody I talked to said it was going to be just a, a chill, easy year, and it was not the case. Oh, no. So, who knows? Yeah, dude, I was on a Helitac crew that year, and we did a lot of time out in the desert. So, yeah, yeah we'll see. So, what's the future looking like for you, man? Uh, what's your plan with the whole uh, Forest Service? You uh, got any big plans? Like, what kind of quals you work on? Shit like that, man. What do you got? I have a, I have a stack of... Uh, I have a stack of task books. Nice. And, uh, my, yeah, I've got ink scattered all over the place. I'm hoping to get some of those tidied up this summer. And, uh, and it looks like that's going to happen. And, uh, my, uh, my plans in the future for fire, uh, I want to get into aviation. Aviation. Uh, I think hell, I think hell attack is going to be my next move and, um, do that for a while and just keep seeing what happens. I'd like to make it kind of back down to the South at some point in the future. And, uh, see what the next chapter looks like. Hell yeah, man. It's always fun, man. Trying to like, there's just so much opportunity out there. It's kind of fun, like trying to determine your career path with this. Cause the opportunities out there are pretty much endless. There's a lot They're of endless. directions. And, and there's something to be said for getting laid off at the end of the year. Cause then you get some time to think about other things too, you know? Oh yeah. You try to go back to school. Stuff. You get yeah, work get with your school, emergency get medicine. Some work experience. Oh yeah. And speaking of emergency medicine, man, you were you were saying earlier uh, before we started recording uh, that you were uh, you have a lot of medicine, par- like not paramedic, but uh, some EMS experience. Yeah, I wouldn't say a lot. Uh, I have uh, I have enough uh, at this point, and uh, I really like doing the line medic thing. It's uh, it's got to be the best way to be an EMT. Oh yeah. Uh, out of all the ways to be an EMT, it's definitely my favorite. Uh, did some time, uh, driving the meat wagons around and, uh, it's a pretty soul sucking, uh, career choice. And, uh, I'm really grateful to the men and women that do that. Dude, no shit. Um, yeah. Having, having ridden in an ambulance, I'm sure glad those people are out there, you know? Um, but, uh, it's tough work, man. It's really tough work. And, uh, it's nice to come and 
get to carry the the blowout pack around and do the boo-boo nursing and <laughs> is this athlete's foot uh, i don't know man oh, it's, i love how many questions people ask me that i'm totally unqualified to answer uh, about their irritable bowel syndrome or whatever i don't, <laughs> I don't fucking know dude i just go to the magnet dude this is way yeah. beyond my scope of practice <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah, it's definitely fun. Uh, I just got my EMT here, and uh, hopefully, I'm going to be doing a little bit more of that in the uh, field. So, it's a super fun thing to to know how to do and and know kind of how the body works and what's keeping you alive, and uh, it's it's a blast. Yeah, super blast. That's the one thing too is that's like I wish I had done that way earlier in my career instead of waiting till like I was 11 years deep in the game to like actually go get my EMT. So, oh yeah, I wish I had just done that right after high school. I mean, things would be different, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. But you know, um, yeah, it's a ton of fun. I'm glad more people are doing that. I'm glad to see uh, the the service as a whole really focuses on a medical response and, and being ready for things that happen on the line. And that's a great thing. Oh yeah, dude. And, um, I don't know about you guys, but at least in my neck of the woods, uh, the agency is really embracing the whole emergency medical protocols. And we have actually a statewide, um, medical direction now. So everybody's got like, they're on the same page. I don't know about you guys. Are you guys operating kind of the same way? Yeah, we're um, we've got a private company that's providing uh, medical oversight, and uh, and that's great because we can get a doctor on the phone if we need to. Um, I think it seems like other forests are going towards a more in-house medical control way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great too. Uh, see what the future holds, what they what the agency decides to do. Um, it's uh, it's good that they're supporting that, and it's good that they're supporting training for their EMTs as well. Um, we're doing some EMT training this week, going to get some endorsements and certs done. And, nice. Uh, that's an awesome thing. That's more, uh, that's more things in our pocket that we can address out there and, uh, and keep people safe and, and keep people healthy and working. Oh yeah. Especially when shit's like critical need and you like, like if you're the first person on the scene, it's definitely nice to have that shit in your back pocket. That way you don't have to wait yeah. for advanced care, you know? I mean, you got to get them to and, you know de- definitive care, but you can actually do something you to help somebody practice, 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 practice. Like, Oh yeah. You know, everybody uses the traverse. I hope you've opened it up and looked at it because it may not make sense if somebody's freaking out cause they're hurt, you know? Oh yeah. You've got to practice and train on that stuff. There's a lot of straps and shit in that TRS system, but the utilization or the uh, ability to use that thing, the, <laughs> it's like endless, the possibilities, what you can do with that to uh, traverse rescue system. It's a badass little oh, system. Oh, yeah, it's man. super sweet. I love it. Oh, yeah. It's kick-ass, dude. Well, shit, man. Uh, what do you got planned for the off-season, man? I understand you're going to go back to uh, the old PDX, go uh, hang out in Portland this year, or are you going to do something else this year? I'll definitely have to go back there uh, at some point because my stuff is in a storage unit there, so I'd like to get my crap back. And uh, I'll definitely be out there at some point and uh, – I love being out there. It's a great city, man. It's Dude, a I love beautiful it, place. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. Oh yeah. It just, it can't help itself. It's, uh, uh, it's an awesome town to be in and, uh, things are always changing and crazy stuff is always going on there and there is something to see and do all the time. 
Yeah, dude. When, um, I, when I worked up in Region Six, uh, I definitely loved making a trip up to Portland every time I had a couple of days off, like some mandos or something like that, some mandatory days off. And uh, it's a wild town, man. And you just see like the strangest but oddly cool shit, like always, especially in downtown. Yeah. Like that dude that rolls around on the unicycle playing the uh, bagpipes in the Darth Vader costume. Yeah, he's still out there. He is he's no still shit. Still out there, yeah. <laughs> That's the other funny, place. Man. It's uh, it's an adult playground for sure. Oh you, yeah, you know, whatever you want to do, somebody's probably already doing it or will let you do it. You know, like it's pretty laissez-faire as far as what goes on there. That and the music scene is pretty bitching too, man. Everybody comes there. Oh yeah, you know, everybody. even like the local scene's great, and then also everybody else in the country comes there to play. Uh, you've seen some great shows, the Crystal Ballroom. Oh yeah. Uh, one one day that floor is going to collapse and dude that is the, the end of it, sketchiest guess, shit ever the crystal ballroom man when you go in there and like everybody's like jumping up and down because i went and saw against me over there it's like a punk rock show and uh, yeah. everybody was like jumping around and i swear to fucking god that floor was just gonna drop the ass out of it and sink into the ground <laughs> it's like it's got like a two and a half foot bounce to it it's insane it's sketchy it's an insane experience it's yeah. super sketchy man yeah, man. So, uh, what else do you got planned for the off season, dude? Just, uh, going to cruise around this and- year. Yeah. I'll do some cruising, uh, do some, uh, do some traveling. I really had a lot of opportunities to travel this last off season and, um, spent some time in New York, spent some time in the Adirondacks, uh, stumbled through some French in Montreal. And, nice. uh, I don't think they appreciated my, my butchering of their language, but, <laughs> um, but it was fun nonetheless, you know, to hell with them. I'm going to try it anyways. And, uh, this coming season, I'm going to try to be in the sunshine as much as I can. I'm not really a snow sports guy, so I don't, I don't care to be around the snow when it comes. And, uh, so I'll probably go South this year. Oh yeah. And, uh, I'm looking at, uh, looking at making a move back to Tennessee at some point, uh, and, uh, buying a house and doing the next thing. Nice, man. So that could all happen this winter, or I could end up hanging at the beach most of the winter. We'll see what uh, what's clever. I'd say fuck it and go hanging out at the beach personally, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be a choice at some point. God, man, off seasons get hard, man. And like the more I do this, sometimes the harder they get. I don't. I shouldn't be complaining at all because I got a kick ass job. But fuck, man, when you lose that sense of purpose and like all the excitement of firefighting, it's kind of hard, man. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it's um. I really appreciate that first week of being unemployed. Like that's, that's a nice good week. And then you start kind of trying to figure out what your next move is. And, uh, hopefully it comes quick, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, be, you can be only, in school or work or whatever you do. Yeah, man. Like I said, man, you can only play video games and fuck off for so long before you start getting bored and just, I don't know, just getting weird. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. And then all of a sudden it's may again and you're, you're going back, you know? Oh yeah. That winter definitely, uh, it goes by in a snap. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. Well, shit, man. Uh, I think that's about the time point. What do you think? You got anything else that you want to talk about? Man, that's, uh, we've covered a lot. I, I really appreciate you having me on. Hell yeah, uh, it's, dude. It's an honor to, to be part of this project and, uh, be on the show. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the story unfold and having a killer kick ass and safe summer. Hell yeah, uh, dude. And, walking out of it oh yeah man it's uh we'll see how the season pans out hopefully it's good hopefully no one gets hurt and uh yeah hopefully uh we'll help out those people in need 
Yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah, man. Well, dude, do you want to give a shout out to anybody? You got like a mentor or like a, like a hero or anything like that? Somebody that you want to give a shout out to just a homie even? Yeah. I'll give a shout out to Brian Vesey and Brennan Robert. Those two fuckers graduated from jump school yesterday. Oh, fuck yeah, you guys. Dude. Yeah. Props to you guys. I hope y'all are having a fucking great weekend. Hell yeah. Congratulations. And, uh, give a shout out to Ryan Faley on Missoula Hell Attack. And, uh, yeah, man, that'll fucking do it for me. Hell yeah, dude. Well, thanks for coming on the show, man. Where can we find all of your stuff, man? Uh, your socials, you got a website, send it out. There. So I'm on, I'm on Instagram at old pines and bad masters. Okay. Uh, don't do Facebook. Don't do Twitter. And, uh, I'll announce the website once it's ready to, to kind of drop, uh, off of the Instagram page. Fuck yeah, man. I'll help you spread the word on that one for sure. Awesome. Thanks, brother. Yeah, dude. Well, hey, dude, Ben, thanks for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. And uh, congratulations on the grant, man. That's pretty badass. Thank you very much, Brandon. I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries, man. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll catch you on the next one. All right, there we go. Episode eight in the books. Ben, I just want to say thanks for coming by. Well, you didn't really come by. We did that all via Skype. So, uh, well, yeah, luckily with modern technology and the new equipment that I got, we can do that. We can facilitate these kind of things remotely. Dude, congratulations on the uh, grant, winning that grant with uh, Mystery Ranch and the Smoky Generation. It's definitely badass. And, uh, yeah, to everybody that's listening, definitely go and check out his Instagram. Go check out his photography. Like I said, man, he uh, does 35 millimeter, which is a bitch to shoot with. Let's be honest here. But yeah, every uh, every photo definitely has a lot of character. And every photo uh, has a story to tell, man. It's uh, definitely unique and very cool. Very cool format. Ben, once again, dude, thank you for coming by. And uh, to everybody else that's listening, keep spreading the word, man. Uh, definitely appreciate you guys who are tagging us in photos and... Uh, mentioning us on the old socials definitely appreciate that and uh if you guys got any badass photos or uh a cool story to tell definitely slide into our uh email or our dms on the old socials let's get the uh, word out there thanks guys and uh also one more thing you guys can swing by itunes and drop us a rating it'd be definitely appreciated as well got more to come keep it tuned in Really appreciate it. Ben, once again, thank you. See you guys on the next one.